0: Rise up for you. Be better today than yesterday, and prepare for a greater tomorrow. Hi, everyone. This is Natalina, your host of the Rise Up for You podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm super excited about our interview today. We're going to be talking with Jennifer Casada. She's pretty much a badass. She's pretty incredible. She's a clinical nutritionist and she's a self-defense and fitness expert and a motivational speaker. And she's going to be talking with us about how to defend ourselves, specifically women, um, and how we can become stronger, safer, and confident you know, through our bodies and learning how to defend ourselves through martial arts and even just the way that we carry ourselves. So we're going to learn empowerment, self-defense, and much more in our episode today with Jennifer Casada. She's been on The Doctors, Rachel Ray, The Real, Huffington Post, New York Times. She's been in women's health. She really is incredible and what she's doing is very beneficial to women. Rise Up For You and enjoy this episode. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us today here on the Rise Up For You podcast. It's such an honor to have you on the show. We always like to start off the show by letting our audience get to know our guests. So can you tell us about yourself and what it is that you do?
1: Sure. And first of all, thank you so much for having me and everyone out there listening. Um, I do a few things. So I'm a nutritionist and fitness expert, first and foremost. That, uh something I've been doing for 17 years now. Um, and I also am a self-defense expert. So I teach um, women's self-defense, men as well, but mostly women's self-defense. And I've been speaking about women's empowerment and personal safety Um, at companies and colleges around the country for the last three or four years now and I just love it it's something that um, I feel like is my special mission to keep people feeling strong safe and more confident from the streets to the boardroom
0: so how did you I guess specifically get on this track I mean is it something that you've always loved to do was there a particular journey that kind of led you there
1: yes absolutely um Yeah, in a nutshell. So I started training in martial arts pretty much right after college. So we're going back many, many years now. And um, I quickly fell in love with it. And then there were a couple instances in my life that kind of really um, solidified that this was the path for me. And the first was um, I was grabbed on the street one night, you know, uh, when I was living in New York and was able to scare off my attacker by um, really just what I call releasing my inner she beast, and and not having to necessarily use all the fancy Hapkido martial arts technique that I was learning at the time, but it was really just about you know stepping into my power and, and fighting back that way. So that you know definitely shook me up, obviously, and it made me get more serious about my training um, and really start looking at the statistics of women, uh, you know, one in five women being sexually assaulted in the United States and and hearing crazy numbers like that just led me down this path of okay this is something that you know I really want to be able to share with people and then kind of right around the same time uh was 9/11 and I had been working as an event planner uh marketer you know for for an event space down by the World Trade Center so when I showed up to work that day you know in a nutshell all hell broke loose I was, I, I obviously survived. And, um, that day I kind of made it through downtown Manhattan and finally found my way to my martial arts studio where I had been training for, um, about a year now. And it became like this safe space, this refuge, um, which became a metaphor for my life, basically for the next six months to a year where I said, you know, this is what I love to do. This is what makes me feel strong and powerful and connected and, you know if it felt like my purpose so how can i make this my actual career and job so that led to um 10 years basically training in the martial arts school while building a personal training practice going back to school for my nutrition degree um and you know building a private practice in manhattan for 10 years until i moved out here so and- I'll take, I'll-
0: so initially when you started martial arts, what was what was the initial reason? Was it just something that sparked your interest and then you found it to be useful, you know, when you were walking and then you know, you got attacked or did something or was it just something you were like, you know what, I'm going to try martial arts today and you just kind of grabbed onto it?
1: So yeah, good question. I um had been introduced to it. My father had been doing martial arts for he started in his fifties. So at that time, probably at least 10, 15 years. And he had always said to me, you should really try this. And I was like, nah, you know, I just wasn't into it. (laughs) And then one day just, I was riding the subway and I don't know what shifted. I just, two things. I was, you know, intrigued, but also I was kind of bored of going to the gym and just going on the treadmill and doing my thing. And, um, so I just wanted to try something new. And the minute I took that first class, I, it just felt so empowering, the punching, the kicking, using my body in ways I've never, ever used before um, was addicting in
0: wow. a good way. Wow. And then, you know, the other thing that, that I heard you say that I wanted to just touch on a little bit is you said that you used it kind of as a way to get away. And so you were going to work. I might've got this wrong. You were going to work on the day that September 11th happened in the, in the twin towers.
1: Uh, my job was three blocks south of the World Trade Center, so three got blocks it. South, south of the Twin Towers, yes.
0: Got it. And got a, it. Yes. And all of the chaos was happening, and you going to your martial arts class kind of created a safe haven for you.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I basically, it took hours to get out of downtown. I mean, I was thrown in a utility closet and thought I was going to die there, then I ran out and got covered in ashes and went to another building. Long story short, like I finally just went to my martial arts studio because that was the closest place. It wasn't like I was going to class that day. All, I mean, New York shut down, you know, but it was the only place that I could get to, um, safely pretty much. So I went there, shower, I got a TV to see what was going on in the world. Um, and yeah, so, so it was just like this safe space that I kind of went to that day that felt,
0: Good. <laughs> you know, I think what you're doing is so incredibly important because there there's a lot of women, and, I, and I'll admit, I'm 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 like this, where we never think we're the one, like we're never going to be attacked. Nothing really ever bad is going to happen to us. So, although we've probably heard all our whole lives that we should learn how to defend ourselves, we kind of just stick yeah. to pepper spray, <laughs> the majority. <laughs> so and you know
1: what? Pepper spray is not a bad thing at all. You know, if that's your but most people don't even have that, right? Know, and they're not thinking about their personal safety at all,
0: right? So where do you, where do we even begin? And you know, wh- why do you find that this is such an important thing for women?
1: Um, so many reasons. I mean, first of, first and foremost, martial arts training or self defense class or any anything under that umbrella. For me, it's not just um, learning physically how to defend yourself. Really. When you do this type of training and when you learn how to protect yourself, it's empowering. So it can help build confidence. And like I said in my my tagline, you know, is helping people feel strong, safe, and more confident from the streets to the boardroom. Because really, those skills that you have or the, you know, the things that I teach, basically, which I can go quickly, the ABCs of self-defense, one, just being strong body language, that can help not only um defend against a predator because you're going to look less like a target but also it's going to help you walk into your boss's office and get that promotion that you deserve or equal pay that you deserve. Um so it really it really just spans this huge, you know, this much bigger message of women being empowered, stepping into their power, being able to defend themselves both emotionally and physically. Um, you know, whether in relationships, on the street, out in the world, at work. Yeah. So it's much bigger.
0: So it's kind of a, it's, it's a tool and it's not at the same time. So it's a tool to help build confidence and create that empowerment and that strength in a woman while at the same time protecting them physically if they're, if they're ever attacked. Absolutely. When you say strong body language, what does that look like to you? Uh, I'm sure there's listeners that are, that are wondering, well, what does that mean? Does that mean that I just, you know, straighten up my posture that I don't look at the floor?
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Both those things. So, um, I'll rewind a a minute. So when I said the ABCs of self defense, a is awareness. B stands for boundaries. C stands for communication. And most of their nonverbal communication happens through body language. So um again whether you're walking into your boss's office for a raise or you're walking down the street finding your car late at night and you may feel vulnerable walking um with purpose so not dilly-dallying but walking you know with a strong cadence and making eye contact with everyone around you shoulders back um uh you know where almost you're squeezing your shoulder blades together in the back um it looks like you're sticking out your chest but really that's just good posture um And yeah, those three things. So shoulders back, eye contact, walking with a a strong cadence, um, walking with purpose, you could just say will be ways to really deter an attacker from from kind of targeting you.
0: Right, because they tend to target the people that may might look a little bit more insecure that they won't fight back.
1: Not only just insecure, but also distracted, right? So on your cell phone, <laughs> um, which we all do, right? We're walking and texting. We're walking and checking the news. Um, so really trying to keep your phone in your purse or, you know, wherever until you get to a place where you are safe indoors in your car, etc. cetera. Um, that's when I would do the phone calls and the, and the texting, but not while you're walking out and about.
0: You know, that's a really interesting point that you said that uh, about being distracted, because I think that we, again, we don't even really think about that. We're constantly on our phones walking and stuff. But I mean, you're right. It's that personal awareness of just being aware 360 of what's going on, opposed to having your face kind of implanted in a screen.
1: Exactly. You cannot be aware of your surroundings when you're when you're looking, you know, focused on one little screen in front of your face.
0: I know that's the first thing that you, that you said about the ABCs is, is awareness. What are some other ways that we, I guess, can become more aware?
1: Mm -hmm. Um, a big one is, you know, making sure that your headphones you don't listen to headphones or listen to music, (laughs) um, anything to block your hearing as well. So, uh, you know, whether you're a runner, you're going outside running, um, Just in the last year, there's been at least six attacks on women runners around the country um, that have ended, mostly have ended very brutally and horribly, um, that have made the news. And those are the only ones that have made the news. I'm sure there's more than that. But, um, you know, so being aware when you're either running or waiting for the subway or, uh, you know, walking out and about, I see so many people with their headphones on and I'm just like, please, you know, take them out. Again, wait until... All right. And a disclaimer, full disclaimer there, when you're running, obviously people want to listen to music and you can, if that's something you, you know, is a non-negotiable for you and you have to listen to your music, I would just say, please lower the volume enough that you can hear your, the outside surroundings and maybe take one earbud out. So you have one ear that's fully functional. Otherwise you're really just dulling your senses. So there's, you know, your sight, like we said, make sure you can see all around you, make sure you can hear everything. And then your really intuition would be the biggest sense um, to pay attention to. And I think because we're so distracted, we're so connected to gadgets and this and that, um, and appointments that we forget to listen. And there's no way we can hear what our intuition is saying if we're constantly busy, busy, busy mind. So that's just a matter of slowing down um you know listening maybe having a meditation practice or some kind of just breathing technique to um to tap into our inner inner guidance system
0: and you know everything that you're saying sounds so simple but it really can make a huge difference if we practice it
1: yes absolutely huge difference
0: I mean, even this idea of running and still being able to, to play music, but just not having it blast in your ears that, you, I mean, the way you put it was brilliant, the senses, like not losing your senses while you're out and about. And and you're right, you know, the sight of looking at a cell phone, we we lose our vision and we focus it on something that's not really what's happening around us or losing our hearing to just, you know, the, the music that we're listening to. We we are, we're dolling our senses to our surroundings. So that's, I like that analogy that you used. the senses. That's a really great one. Yeah. Thank you. So I know that you also talk about communication and how we could do that with our tone and vocabulary. What does that, what does that mean? Exactly. How, I guess, how can we defend ourselves with our tone and vocabulary?
1: Sure. So, um, again, I'll rewind. So C stands for communication. Communication, um, is most powerful when these three things are in alignment and the three things are body language, which we already talked about tone and vocabulary. Um, and I would say out of those three, the vocabulary is going to be your least important in a safety situation. Um, so when you're, you know, out on the street or in a parking garage, looking for your car late at night, etc., um, we covered the body language. That's going to be your number one, um, nonverbal communication. Now tone would be used next. So there's, you know, a huge difference between, um, someone, you know, feeling vulnerable and scared and, and using a a scared tone, right? When we get nervous, usually we go up into our throats, um, where you could start to crack and lose your voice even. Um, but if you can start to ground yourself, really connect to the earth and go deep, (laughs) you know, with your tone in like a get away from me, you know, where it's very strong, it's deep, it's almost primal, uh, Tone, it's going to send a, a much clearer message than, yeah, you know, get away from me or no, help me. You know, all of that is, is just feels like panic. Um, but when you go down and deep and primal, it's more uh, assertive, more confident. Again, you're communicating in a, on a different level.
0: When you're working with your clients and, and you're working with women, what's the what's the number one thing that you kind of see that gets in the way of them really being able to put their their foot forward in, in regards to self defense?
1: In self-defense, um, I would say kind of depends on the person. When I when I'm training people one on one, there's much more depth and I can really go into it. Usually, it's I'm going to a college or like a organization, and I have one to two hours tops. So um, time is limiting. But for the most part, you know the the people that I've taught anyway or spoken to, they they're getting it. They're they're being present. They're listening. I would say the only thing that might get in the way is um, well, obviously, if they don't take on any of those tips into the real world and, and use them. But the other would be, um, when we actually do physical techniques, they're scared that they're going to hurt their partner. They're scared (laughs) to feel what it feels like, of you know, having hands on their neck or they get, you know, it's intimidating. So, um, I try to just get, coach them through that and like, you know, let's just, let's just play full out. Cause you don't want, you know, I'd rather this be the first time and the only time that this happens to you versus you know, out there
0: in the world. That's what I was going to ask you is because I, I'm trying to put myself in in that situation and in those shoes. And I feel like I would lack the aggression of actually being able to, you know, attack back. <laughs> so I don't know if right. if I'm the only one that would be, you know, scared to actually hurt somebody, even though they are hurting me in return.
1: Right. Well, the objective is never to hurt someone else um, when we're practicing, because that would be a li- uh, liability in <laughs> a lawsuit. But um, but just to to play, to play full out, like I said, um, and really just feel you're never going to be doing it 100% unless you're hitting a dummy or a bag. Um, so when you're working with people, you always have to be careful. The thing is, you know, I've heard so many stories of women that have used – you know, just one or two techniques that they happen to learn in a self-defense class when fighting for their life and live to tell the story. So I'll give you one example. You know, I I mentioned there was a bunch of, a slew of attacks on women runners recently, and there's one in Seattle who told her story over social media, actually, and she was um, running in a popular park in the daytime. She went into the restroom. A man was there, in there and tackled her to the ground, and she was fighting, and she said, I remembered just a few weeks prior to that, that she was in a self-defense class, so it wasn't like she was like me in a third-degree black belt, right, she wasn't training for years, she took a self-defense class, and she remembers, like, you know what, this doesn't have to be a fair fight, I'm gonna hit the groin, I'm gonna hit the eyes, right, and I'm gonna go for it, and fight back, and she was able to survive that day, so she got away, um, so you know like just that's the whole point like sometimes sometimes it's just remembering those tools or or coming having it come back to you in the moment um can be a matter of life or death sometimes
0: I, i think this is this is really great it's such a fascinating topic and um you know, we are going to get to see you in action in a month at the Empowered Women Network event in Venice, which is going to be great. What's, you know, what what should we, I guess, what's the first step that we should do here? You know, Would you recommend, obviously, just going to enroll into a martial arts class, or is there something more specific that we need to be looking for?
1: You, you mean anybody out there just listening? Yeah. How to, okay. Um. Sure, There's there's lots of ways, you know, again, you don't have to, Become a martial artist and do all that stuff like I did. You, Lots of studios, though, martial arts studios will offer women's self-defense classes or, like, one-offs or series that you can probably join. You just have to kind of do your research in your area. There's also something called Impact, which is um, based around the country, you know, how they have locations, I think, around the country, which, again, I think it's like a four-week series of women's self-defense. Okay. You can, um, I mean, I have, uh, videos called stilettos and self-defense that if you want to just watch from home and bring some girlfriends over (laughs) one night and, and learn while from the comfort of your own living room, there's lots of ways, um, I would just do something. There's also one of the, it's like the number one book if you're into reading, Books about it um, called The Gift of Fear by uh, Gavin De Becker. And he, you know, wrote this book probably 15 years ago, but it's still the number one seller when it comes to um, personal safety and self-defense, and just thinking about you know, thinking about your safety in, in out-of-the-box kind of ways, I would highly recommend that.
0: Wonderful. It's been such an honor to have you on the show. I'd love to jump into our power section. Can you tell us okay. one book that you've read that's had a massive impact on your life that you would recommend to us?
1: I was trying, you know, I I saw your question. and I just, I have so many. I don't, I can't narrow down one, but I will, can I do an author?
0: Uh, yeah, of course.
1: So, uh, you know, Wayne Dyer, I probably read every single one of his books. Um, you know, I was so sad when he passed away last year that um, because every book, he just has, better and better information out there and it's just uh what is one of my favorites is probably the power of intention um there's a spiritual solution to every problem you know and he just gets you really thinking on a deeper level so that to me he was a very influential author in my life
0: and what's one thing that you've accomplished that you're proud of
1: um i would say definitely getting my black belt, the first one, the second one, the third one. <laughs> um, but that first one really, cause it was, you know, such a big deal and something that I worked really, really hard for. And I don't think I probably worked that hard for anything else in my life. Not even like my, de- my college and master's degree. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it meant a lot.
0: And are there any routines um, that you do in your life that help you get a positive rise? Maybe something that you do every morning or a daily routine.
1: Yes. Um, you know, exercise is really just my daily routine. So I need to do something usually every day and I prefer it to be outdoors. So since I moved to LA seven, eight years ago, I've just been blessed with this weather and I feel like I can't take it for granted. So I live a mile from the ocean and I try to walk down to the ocean and do more than that and come back and clear my head, um, you know, obviously I don't have the time to do that every single day. Some days I do different exercises, but that to me is, is a great way to start my day.
0: Jennifer, again, thank you so much for joining us here on the rise up for podcast. I always like to end the episode by, you know, asking one final question. If you only had one thing to say left to the audience, we call it the golden nugget. What would it be? Wow.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I would say just to every woman listening out there is that we we all have a very strong primal sense of power and I I wish to all of you to be able to tap into it when necessary um, and know and believe and have faith that it's there and it'll help you when you need it.
0: Thank you again so much. How do, we, how do we stay connected? How do we learn more about you, especially those of us that are really interested in kind of diving into this field of martial arts and, and learning anything to defend ourselves?
1: Sure. You can head to jennifercassetta.com. All of my information is there. You can send me an email, reach out. I'd love to hear from you. Um, and on social media, I'm Jen Cassetta, and that's two N's, two S's, two T's. <laughs>
0: Thank you again so much.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Have a great day.
0: Thank you again for joining the Rise of You podcast. Again, this is your host, Natalina. We want to make sure that outside of the podcast, you're still growing and always getting continuous knowledge and our six pillars. So we want to make sure that you head over to our website, www.riseofview.com, and take full advantage of the free resources and benefits that we have there. We have articles and contributors from around the world. We have a number of other podcast episodes, webinars, and a ton of tools and strategies. Strategies and tips that are going to help you rise up to the next step professionally and personally. You can find us on every social media avenue. We're on Facebook, on our Facebook page, Rise Up For You. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Everything is at Rise Up For You, and we would love for you to join us. And definitely, you're going to want to head over to our website, www.riseupforyou.com. And get your free startup kit. We have compiled the top podcast interviews, the top webinars, and the top articles that fall in our six pillars, plus a free startup guide, the six pillars to a prosperous life that's going to help you take that first step to really finding and building the life that you want professionally and personally. So again, if you head over to our website, www.riseupforyou.com, you get access to that startup kit for free. And don't forget to share our main mission is to empower educate and connect women globally and we need your help to do that so please help us spread the word spread the message share our content share what rise up for you is about and help us help you and other women around the world thank you again for joining us rise up for you be better today than yesterday and prepare for a greater tomorrow